Welcome to the Public Health Networker, the official podcast of the PHPN, the Public Health Podcast and Media Network. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno, and we'll be speaking to various professionals and academics in the field of public health. We'll also be discussing podcasting as a tool for public health. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We've had a series of episodes and interviews with people on the topic of mentorship. As you've heard in our previous episodes, we've interviewed someone about the MPH program and what it's like to be an epidemiologist. We've interviewed somebody who has a DRPH and what it's like to work in the field of health policy with their doctorate in public health. And today we're speaking to Dr. Heather Krasna. She's the Assistant Dean of Career Services at Columbia University School of Public Health. Welcome, Dr. Krasna. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself, your work in public health, and perhaps how you got started in the field. Thank you. So even though I actually have a PhD in public health, which I just received, um, I actually see myself as kind of not as traditional of a public health practitioner or or, or even um uh, professional as many other people. And that's because I really began my career as a career development specialist. Um, I actually, my first, first master's degree was in nonprofit management and organizational development. And I started my career in a nonprofit organization doing fundraising. And then kind of by accident, I fell into working in higher education, doing career services for students. And the first many years of my career, I worked with undergraduates. And then in 2008, I had an opportunity to become a director of career services for a policy school at the University of Washington, the Evans School of Public Affairs. And I was there for four years and then um, was incredibly lucky to have the opportunity to join Columbia University's Mailman School of Public Health to become their um, person in charge of career services. And since joining Columbia, I have gotten really passionate about the public health workforce, public health students, connecting students to employers in the field of public health and also sometimes healthcare and other areas. And along the way, I actually became really interested in researching employment outcomes of public health graduates and the connection between the graduates and different parts of the public health workforce, especially what's often described as the core or backbone of the workforce, which is government public health agencies like local and state, tribal, territorial, and of course, federal agencies that offer public health programs. So that's why I wound up doing my PhD in the field. Um, But, uh, and so you could say that of all the different 10 essential services of public health, number eight is about workforce. And that's really my expertise. I would say um, if you were to ask me questions about epidemiology or biostatistics, I would probably fumble most of those questions. But um, I have focused my, my efforts and research having to do with that workforce and talent development and recruitment as- aspect of the public health workforce. So that's how I got into this field. It was sort of an unusual route, but actually speaking to people in public health, I find it's not that uncommon that people start out in some other field and then they find themselves um, 
drawn to this field of public health because it's so meaningful and so important and even more so we see it every day these days, why it's so crucial. So that's how I ended up being in the field. Thank you for sharing this story. And I, I agree, I've heard uh, several experiences of how many of us didn't really know what public health was earlier on in college as students. And somehow along the way, we were brought into the field uh, through necessity, um, just through workforce trends. Uh, same here. I started out in public administration and I was brought into public health. Just happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so over those experiences in those years, what has been the most exciting aspect of public health, in your opinion? What is the exciting aspect of public health and the workforce? That's a really great question. So um, for me, you know, I've always been very mission driven and, you know, I could feel really happy helping people just find employment because to me, that's very satisfying to help people, whoever they are, whatever their interests to achieve their goals, their dreams, to become clear on what's important to them, and then to pursue that and connect them to the right people, help them kind of market themselves. That itself is really satisfying. And it's been a really um, rewarding and special opportunity for me to have that privilege of helping be a facilitator for people in that career transition for, for more than 22 years now. And to be able to do that for people who are also going to be saving millions of lives is really even more amazing. So that's why I've been very excited to be kind of that facilitator or connector of people who want to join this public health arena and world and her building those skills to join the field with the organizations that are in dire need of new talent to come in and help um, with solving some of these difficult public health challenges. So to me, I think what's exciting is that public health is so diverse and it needs people with so many different backgrounds. And it could be um, anywhere from someone who um, maybe has on the job training, um, high school diploma, who is doing um, a community outreach or patient navigator or community health worker type of a role to, you know, which is a hugely important essential role all the way to somebody who's, you know, researching a new vaccine, who's a, a virologist, you know, doing some amazing sort of molecular biology study of some sort, or um, every single person in between a public health nurse, you know, um, of course you think of the epidemiologist, you have your program manager and evaluator, your health communications person. It's just incredibly diverse. And the issues are incredibly diverse. Every, some, every single thing seems somehow connected to public health, you know, whether it's, you know, the cracks in the sidewalk, which may cause somebody to get injured on their walk to school or, um, you know, the water having, um, being clean enough to drink. It just, it goes on and on and on. So it's really exciting to be able to contribute to um, connecting people so they can use their passion and their skills to make the world a better place. You know, um, I also think too, that the field is changing every second. I feel a little bit too like um, my, more, my more recent research, which has a lot to do with the government public health workforce. Somehow I feel as though like, I, I like trying to um, advocate for this particular workforce because we know that in, at least in, it's probably true in a few other places, but in the United States, especially, 
we know there's been decades of budget cuts. And of course, that results in staffing cuts to like local health departments, state and tribal health departments, territorial health departments. So, um, you know, and also the federal government, there's just been an underinvestment or divestment in public health. And you would think that now with COVID, there would be a kind of rallying cry, let's invest in this workforce. And there's been investment, but there's also even more challenges because people are, there's like some backlash happening and there's people who are burned out. And so there's part of me that finds it exciting to somehow see what I could do to somehow support this workforce and the people who are doing that daily work that keeps everybody safe and healthy and protection, you know, protecting people from risk. Um, and so somehow um, doing whatever I can to even better connect people to parts of the public health workforce that are even more short staffed than the rest of the public health workforce, I think is, is also kind of um, satisfying and exciting to try to be able to do. Wow. Yeah, I love that. I think it's, I totally see where you're coming from in terms of how this has been kind of your current, your life's work at the moment. And I see the meaningfulness of this and the impact uh, just from the most basic, if we were to look at something like Maslow's pyramid triangle thing, and from the basic needs of just knowing that you're helping someone be able to get food on the table. You know, they, they, I mean, we literally have to work to survive in many cases. So mm -hmm. being able to help someone from the most basic needs of like the sense of belonging even, and the sense of um, access to, you know, human needs like food and drinks and whatever that we need. Um, and then that, that belonging, and then also the calling, personal calling, um, and then also, you know, self-actualization, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I get it. And I see how um, public health as a field is uh, connecting with that and to save lives is, is something that we need right now, especially with the pandemic. And I mean, we always do, but um, tell us about your book now. I, you know, I've heard about your book about public health careers. Tell us a little bit more about how you wrote this and what it's about. Yeah, one plus. I don't know if you can see it on my Zoom, but yeah, this this book. So this is the third edition of a book that has been around for a while. I think at least ten years. I, I there's so this is now the third edition, and uh, the author um, originally for the main author is Dr. Beth Seltzer. And Beth is a public health physician at the New York City Department of Health. And she also has this whole other really interesting career background where she used to do document, documentary films and a lot of writing. And so um, she's the, the author of the first two editions. And I happen to know Beth because she actually interviewed me for the second edition. And there was a chapter about how to find a job in public health or what careers are growing in public health. So I'm sort of quoted in the second edition, which was maybe five years ago that that book came out. Um, but when it was time to update the book for the third edition, Beth was very busy. And so she was looking for a co-author and she reached out to me and it was in September or October of 2019. And as you might think, I was very busy. I was working on my PhD, have full-time job, doing a million other things. And I thought, well, you know, I very much underestimated how much work would be going into this book update. And I was like, you know, I, I'm glad to do this, but I just want to let everyone know, let the publisher know, like, you know, I'm really, really busy. 
But I can't say no to this project. I just can't say no to this because I already had read the book multiple times because anybody who does career advising for someone in public health needs to have read this whole book, right? Like this is the Bible of public health career advising. Since before I got involved with it, I was like, oh, there's a book that I should just read the whole thing and then I'll know about public health careers. Um, so to have the opportunity to be part of co-authoring and updating it, I was like, I really just can't say no to this. It's too special of an opportunity. And so, um, and I felt somehow, not that I'm the only person who could do this or anything, but I just felt, as, you know, I've already written another book and I like writing and I felt like, you know, this is needed. People really need to understand all the different career paths. And, and this is the only book in print in the United States on this topic. There's a couple of others that are now out of print that are also nice, but this one's the only new, you know, updated. So I had to say yes, but little did we know in September, 2019, that this book would have to be completely, I mean, it wasn't completely rewritten, but pretty much every single thing had to be rethought re through and revised because of COVID, because while we were rewriting the book, that's when COVID happened. So um, what I ended up doing is, and, and of course my co-author was a public, she's a public health physician in the New York City Department of Health. So if, if anybody was gonna be busy, it was gonna be her, right? So she was really caught, pulled into the, the heart of the worst public health disaster, probably in, Probably in a, since the since the um, previous oh pandemic, I know, remember years those ago. days. It wasn't too yeah. long ago either. I mean, the the cars, the freezer cars outside the hospital. Oh my goodness, that was I mean, everybody New was, York was, was hit really hard. It was a terrible time for everybody. But I was like in my little cozy, you know, working from home situation. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have to step it up and do whatever I can to make this book happen because even more than before, I was like, this is gonna be really needed. This book is gonna be really needed. And now I have, it sort of lit a fire for me of like, you know, Beth, I'm gonna let her off the hook. I'm just gonna do whatever I can do to update this book because um, she's gonna be doing the actual public health work. She of course did a lot of the work. I'm not saying she, you know, but for a period of time, I was like, all right, I guess it's on me, which is fine, it, it worked out. And so what we ended up doing is revising this book. We added several, a couple new, we added a couple new chapters, moved some things around. There are certain chapters that um, I really redid or almost wrote from scratch. There was a chapter on data science and technology, which didn't exist before. Um, there used to be a chapter called the future of public health. And I talked to Beth and I was like, can we just delete that chapter? Because at this point, Nobody can write anything about the future of public health. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Who would have, you know, who would have thought necessarily that would happen? Actually, I know people who could have predicted it, but you know, we wouldn't know it happened at this point. So I don't want to make any guesses about future public health. Let's just not have that, you know, and we'll replace it with something else. So um, we also replaced almost every profile because the book has 54 interviews of people in different public health careers. And I just made it my task to use my LinkedIn network and others that I know to get new profiles because I wanted it to reflect as much as possible um, the diversity of people in public health and people at different stages of their career, different, um, 
different identities and lived experiences. And so I was intentional trying to make sure that this book included as many diverse profiles as possible. And so we managed to get a lot of really, really exciting profiles. There's some that we kept from the last edition, but we, we updated that. Um, it was it was a big undertaking to redo. And you know, the thing that's incredible to me is that not only did we get these people, 54 new people or, or, or like approximately 50 people that were new to take the time out of their day to be interviewed for this book, um, I also got a whole bunch of public health experts, various people in leadership roles in APHA or various faculty that I knew who were professors of public health to review different chapters to like make sure they were really perfect for each um, subject matter. And these people did that during COVID while they were public health professionals. Like they were in the midst of, you know, really serious, heavy situations and they still took the time to be part of the book. So it's been a really inspiring project and I hope it's helpful for people. I mean, it's got, some new sections, there's a whole new model in the book about how to choose a public health career because it can be really overwhelming. There are so many different choices. And so because I'm a career counselor, I added in some career theories of like, here's an assessment you could take and here's a list of the careers which match, you know, if you're a really creative person, here's some careers in public health. If you're really more, um, you like research and ideas and, um, you know, analyzing information. Well, here's a huge number of public health careers for you. Oh, maybe you're more a people person. You want to be a helper. You want to be a sort of more uh, coach or counselor, listen to people. Um, here's a list of jobs for you. Maybe you're more like happy to manage projects and supervise people. Well, there's, here's a bunch of jobs for you. So, so that's kind of how we went about it. Um, and then there's subject matter content and descriptions of these jobs and then profiles. And then I added a resume example, which wasn't there before. So it was a big undertaking. And, um, you know, I hope it helps people. You can get it at the library, um, you know, or, or Amazon and, or the publisher website. They have a discount if you go to the publisher website, which is Springer Publishing, you can get a little discount there. So um, yeah, it was a project. Glad it's over. <laughs> Heather, you wrote two dissertations. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's, I sort of wished at the time that they would give me permission to just use the book as my dissertation, but it's not a research project in the same way as the dissertation. So the dissertation was um, not totally unrelated. It was about employment outcomes of public health graduates and the job market demand, the employer demand to hire those graduates. So you know, some of the research I did for the dissertation actually went into the book where I was looking at, you know, what are the occupations that employers are looking to hire for someone with an MPH? That was part of it. What's interesting about this book, some people think the book is like, what are the careers I can get if I get my master of public health degree? And it does do a really good job of that. But it also is way, it's a little bit different because it's like, what are the jobs that contribute to the 10 essential public health services, right? What are the jobs that are the true public health? Because the thing is, is that a lot of folks get an MPH and then the world is your oyster. You could go into healthcare, pharmaceuticals, any number of things that might not necessarily be 
public health according to like your classic definition about you know promotion prevention and protection and the 10 essential services so this book is going to include a bunch of jobs that are for people without an mph engineers lawyers nurses people who may not have that mph of course like maybe two-thirds of the jobs would be happy to have someone with an mph or another public health type of degree um but anyways, doing research for my dissertation did feed into this because you could see there's a kind of a huge overlap between you get your public health degree, what jobs can you get that contribute to our classic public health def definition. Um, right, and, and you've it, got those assessment in. tools, those career tools that you put in. So I kind of see that as made perhaps a theoretical side of things as well. If you're incorporating the 10 essential yeah. services and these theoretical um, tools and assessments. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, I, at one point in my dissertation, I had all, all these different Venn diagrams and then it got to be like kind of overkill. It was too much information, but there's like the, the government public health workforce. And of that, there's a percentage of people that need to have a public health degree, but then there's this huge chunk that don't have a public health degree that are doing a whole range of different things. And then there's this whole area of like, well, where do you go with your public health degree? Some of it's government, some of it is public health, but not government, of which there's tons of jobs in nonprofits and academia. And even too, like, you could make a good argument that some of the jobs in pharmaceuticals and consulting and technology and marketing companies that might be less traditionally described as public health, those certainly are part of public health too, right? And then there's a group of public health grads who go into more hospital work, maybe it's really more clinical medical treatment, or maybe something very off the off the beaten path that is not really health related at all. So anyway, there's just a spectrum of different directions people can go um, with public health. Um, right. I see this like everything. these arcs upon arcs, right? So yes, you, you said you don't necessarily have to have a degree in public health. And, you know, we fully welcome that in the public health networker podcast and in our community you don't need yeah. these degrees you can be a community health um, representative at any mm -hmm. capacity a promotor i don't say promotora exactly. because i think there's there are sexist overtones to promotoras um it's promotores <laughs> um mm -hmm. and um you know, there, you can have different levels of, not, you can still be well-educated and be a promotor, you know, you don't have to Absolutely. have like, you know, so there's so much assumption. Anyway, that's another. You're tangent. so right. No, you're right. I should have said, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's <laughs> a very broad range of people with yeah, different backgrounds. But, so you don't have to have these degrees, right? And then like right. you mentioned, if you do have these degrees, you don't have to only do like epi, you can do so much yeah. other stuff and then you can work. Yeah. Anyways. Absolutely. Just wanted yeah. to kind of add that in there. That's a great point. Absolutely <laughs> true. Yeah, welcome everyone to the field of public health. And there's exactly. always a place, right? Exactly. There's a very big umbrella. And you know what I find, especially with the folks that I work with who are getting a degree in public health, um, at one way or another, people are contributing to like 99.9%, .9%, I would say, of the grads that I work with go on to do something that will make the world a better place, which is why it's so, so wonderful to work with them that they're, they're going to go in some direction or, or another that will, you know, whether it's the classic traditional, tr you know, old school definition of like, I'm going to go work in my health department. I'm going to go be uh, in the epidemic intelligence service of the CDC. I'm going to go do something at UNICEF. I'm going to, you know, all those things um, that we classically think of maybe, um, 
or whether they go and work in a research study in a hospital and they're finding a new treatment for a disease or, mm-hmm. or they're doing consulting work, you know, all of these things in some way, shape or form are going to make usually, you know, contribute to making the world better somehow, whether it's through medical treatments or whatever it, or, or whether it's really the, the classic public health. So that's, what's, that's so nice about it, you know? And you can do one and move to the other and move back. Exactly. You know, exactly. we spoke to someone who has gone into public health nursing and perhaps is going into another branch of public health and then possibly returning to nursing yeah. and public health. So there's just so much uh, variety and variability that's out yeah. there. So, you know, Dr. Krasna, what number one piece of advice would you have for someone who's looking for a new career in the field of public health? Yeah, this is tough to boil down into one piece of advice because like give us three. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I like that idea. Okay. So some of this might be general advice that would apply to anybody, but I think the first thing is to know that you, you know, to identify your dream, but know that identifying your dream is not a one-time thing. You're going to revisit that over and over. It's a circular process. You go out and pursue that dream. You find out if you like it, you might stay for a long time. And then you realize, you know, you still love it, but you want to try learning something new or whatever. And, or you find out you went down a path that wasn't the right path for you and you're going to pivot and do something different. Um, And you come back and look at that dream. So identifying that vision, I, I like to break it into I love Venn diagrams. So my Venn diagram approach is like, think of the three things, identify the three things that make up a job. Then that comes down to what you actually do, your skills. So find out what skills you like to use. What do you, what do you want to actually do all day? Do you want to um, code in SAS? Do you want to talk to people? Do you want to write things? Maybe some diverse mix of those three. Um, What, what kind of actual tasks do you like to do and do you feel you're good at? And then the second is the mission. Some people are very specific on the mission and especially in public health, it might be, you know, health equity and maternal child health. It could be um, global health specifically. Maybe it's, um, you know, it could be infectious disease. It could be um, aging communities, older adults, whatever the community or the population or the issue is. Some people are really called to serve for a certain specific issue area or mission. So finding out what you're passionate about. So what do you like to do? What are you passionate about? And then there's a third element and that element is lifestyle. And you have to know what is it that you need to nurture yourself? What do you need in terms of cash dollars to pay bills, right? This is something that I think, unfortunately, people forget or they pretend it doesn't exist. And let's be real. You need benefits, health insurance. You need um, a paycheck. You need um, some job security is nice. You know, You, you may want a certain culture to feel you're supported and included in the organization's culture, that there's room for you to grow, that you have a nice boss or colleagues to work with. These are all the things, especially when somebody's new um, or hasn't had tons of years of experience, they don't really think as much about that third element sometimes. And I'm like, you know what? That becomes important at some point in life. You're going to suddenly need time off or, you know, work-life balance or whatever. So thinking about 
what are you good at? Where do you want to go in terms of what mission, what mission do you love and care about? And what do you need in order to nurture yourself? Those are the three things. So identify your dream, use those three things to measure your dream, and then find going out and pursuing, right? And if there's one thing I guess I'd say about a lot of people that are new to public health is um, it's okay to shine. Let yourself shine. That's actually like 90% of my job as a career coach is like holding up a mirror to people and saying, hey, did you see this amazing thing that you did? That's something that is needed right now by this organization. Did you that. know that like this skill that you have that you didn't even realize you had from some experience you think is completely irrelevant? Guess what? They need that right now in this other job. So like taking time to reflect on what you've achieved and what you're proud of and telling your story in a way that helps another organization understand that you can offer something, that is a journey. And it's hard for a lot of people, which is why I tell every student, if you're in school, use your career services office. If you've got access to that, please use it. They're there, their job is to help you take advantage of that. If you don't have access to a career services office, you know, find a buddy or friend that can help you reflect. It's hard to do this for yourself. So like write down your favorite achievements and have a friend reflect to you. You know what? In all five of your favorite achievements, you took initiative. You took the, you decided to create a new thing or you had really creative ideas or you know what? All five of those experiences had to do with talking to people. You're really a people person. You should look for a job where you get to, you know, go out and, you know, connect to people in the community. So if I have to boil it down to those three, it's find your dream, choose those three things in your dream, you know, the, the what do you want to do, what mission, and what lifestyle, and then let yourself shine, let your light shine, don't be shy, don't be, a lot of people are very humble, I find in public health in particular, yeah, people are like a little, you don't want to be arrogant either, but on the other hand, you know, there's that too, but so, <laughs> yeah, don't be arrogant, but on the other hand, like, you know what? people don't realize how incredible they really are. Like, especially right. people, who, I've talked to so many people in public health and I'm like, you know, tell me about um, your, you know, some of your proudest achievement. And they'll say, well, you know, I helped pass this bicycle helmet law. And I'm That's like, all. really? Tell you, me you passed laws, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. And I was like, well, what was the impact? Well, you know, before that law, you know, 3,000 children each year had traumatic brain injuries in my state. And now it's like, I'm making that number up, obviously, but like now it's only, X number per year. I'm like, do you realize 2000 kids a year that don't have this huge trauma that they have to live with for the rest of their life? You prevented that. Like, that's a story. That's amazing. You know? Yeah. That kind of achievement people do in public health all the time. And they don't realize like, you got to tell that amazing story. And it's weird because in public health, the story is invisible. Mm -hmm. It's like the person who didn't, you know, um, get a particular disease or didn't get injured or, you know, didn't have lead poisoning. You know what I mean? It's like, how many people did you prevent? So it's almost like there's these visions of what would have happened. This, re this workforce is short by at least 80,000 people. Wow. That's what some of the new research has found that the government workforce, local and state health departments short by 80,000. And that's not counting to deal with COVID. Wow. That's before COVID. That's just to get us up to the most basic package of services to keep our people alive. 
goodness. You know, because that's how short, how short staff health departments have been for the last two decades. Wow. So if we want to change that, like at least do something, loan repayment, pay some more, put some money in there. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons why I think the U.S. has not done so great with COVID. Lots of different complicated reasons. And one of them is because we just don't have a, our health departments are not, we didn't invest in them enough. So. Yeah, the government agencies and the local and state health department is definitely a backbone of the field. And then there's like a, like you, like the book, you know, 101 other places you can also look to. So it's a big umbrella. So lots of possibilities. Tell us the exact title of the book one more time so we can look out for it and then let us know how we can connect with you. Yeah, sure. So the book is 101 plus careers in public health. It's the third edition and it's with me and Beth Seltzer, my co-author. And yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn just under my name, Heather Krasna. You could connect on Twitter, my same handle. We're building a YouTube channel, but it hasn't launched yet. So eventually there'll be some other ways to kind of follow or subscribe. But right now those are the two main ways to stay in touch. So yeah, I'm happy to connect with people who are interested to learn more or um, certainly anyone who's nerdy and wants to talk about my like public health research stuff. That would be fun. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. I think it's crucial. It's important. We've talked about every level of I don't really, I'm not a big Maslow fan anyway, but we have, we've discussed every level of like what it means to work in a career and why. And I really mm -hmm. appreciate this conversation and the depth that we've gone into from like the necessity of to, to work and survive to like finding your dream career and pursuing it and, and allowing yourself to shine. That's the top of the, the tree, right? The star. Yeah. Good luck to everyone who wants to join this awesome and rewarding field of public health. I hope that you all succeed in finding that dream job in the field and uh, contributing to saving all these lives on the population scale. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks again for joining us today. For more information about the Public Health Podcast Network, visit publichealthpodcasters.com. You can also find us on Twitter at PHPodcasters. If you have any questions or feedback, we always welcome reviews on iTunes. Or you can contact us at info at publichealthpodcasters.com. Have a good day.